Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby. I'm Adam, your host, joining you from Johannesburg. Joining me from the metropolis of George by the Otaniqua Mountains, it's Matt. How are you, Matt? Did you like the fact I, I, I did some tourism? You know those videos in the cricket cricket, cricket yeah. things? But tourism, you, you got the Otaniqua Mountains. So, uh, I like how you hit the hard knee. It's just Otaniqua, not uh, Niqua. Geez, really, thank you, I appreciate it. You're really hitting on me about naming already. Um, yeah. oh, it's going to be a long day. We've got yeah. four squads to work through. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a long name. Uh, someone who's meant to uh, be my uh, chaperone in this respect is Alex, uh, coming to you from Cape Town. They've got Table Mountain and uh, the Wine Farms, if you are listening. Okay. How's it going, Alex? It's good. It's actually Table Mountain. Oh, I see. Table. Table. And I understand big news in your world is that you're looking for a staffie. For, uh, for for uh, yeah. a new house in November. Yeah, keen keen for a little Amanaki staffy. So if anyone knows where to get a, a staffy, doesn't have to be purebred. Um, but yeah, you, you could hit Alex be, up on Twitter. You, you yeah, can... send me a, send me a tweet or something. Yeah, he, he will find you and respond. He's good like that. Uh, the the uh, the labour we pay to do our own accounts, maybe not so much. Uh, someone else, but someone who is way more efficient, uh, helping others with their money, is a Ben. Uh, from Mauritius, how are you been? I'm well, thanks, and you, Adam. Uh, I'm alright, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm chill. It's just, it's just a little chilly here in Chernobyl. How's the weather there in uh, Port Louis? I know you don't live in Port Louis. I'm just always going to say you live in Port Louis. <laughs> uh, no, it was good. Uh, it was a bit rainy this morning. We went out. We went out on the boat. There's like this little kind of hidden island thing. So um, my wife's brother went to do to do some kite surfing. So yeah, you, it was nice. Do you play that? On the do you play that Lonely Island song? I'm on a boat. Every time you go out, go out. Uh, yes, yes, he does. I, I can confirm this. Quite, quite an embarrassing amount, actually. He <laughs> <laughs> um, um, plays it incessantly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's on loop whenever I step onto a boat straight away. Just... <laughs> right, we've got, uh, we got a fair amount to get through, as we always do. We're just going to the main focus of today's episode. We're going to uh, carry a cup, will be our appetizer, and that's pretty much how sorry we see it, since there's only going to be seven rounds, but we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that. But before that, some news, and after the Curry Cup, we're going to be very much chatting all about rugby championship. Um, it kicks off next weekend. Uh, Australia take on New Zealand and so wide, and then South Africa post Argentina and Durban, where the Springboks often lose. So uh, we're looking forward to that. So let's quickly kick off, to excuse the pun, with some news. Uh, the first thing, this is coming from SA Rugby Mag, which comes from Rapport. Uh, that's what they talk about aggregation in the news media. Apparently, the Bills have not requested £500,000 in compensation from the RFU for the services of departing head coach John Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell, whose contract ends in October next year for the Bills, is set to become England's new defence coach, and Eddie Jones. He'll take up his new position next month. On Sunday, Rapport newspaper claimed that the Bills had rejected the RFU's offer of £50,000, which translates to approximately 900000 rand. In compensation, I asked for 500,000, which is 9 million rand instead. Uh, the compensation in a case like this is usually 10% of the value of the contract. SROB Magnus here to understand while the Bills have asked for more than 10%, the amount is nowhere near 500,000 rand. So, uh, the Bills, I wonder if they're making money out of this, you know? Mm. Well, I can well, tell you, no, they're, well, sa- they're saving 90 million rand. <laughs> well, not 90, no. whatever it was, 62 yeah. before, so they're saving, yeah. what, uh, 20 uh, they just keep, 
keeping things at, at Loftus, moving swiftly along. This is very interesting. Uh, Vermeulen, is it Dwayne or Dwan? Is it Dwayne? Dwayne. Dwayne, Dwayne it's, right. It's always been Dwayne, Adam. Dwayne, sorry. Uh, Dwayne Vermeulen is likely to accept a deal from the Bills at SRAB. They will see him play for the Pretoria-based franchise in next year's Super Rugby tournament. According to Report newspaper, they always got the good shit, I guess. Vermeulen will play for the Bills next year after uh, Western Province English club Bath's attempts to sign him were unsuccessful. I'm not surprised Western Province didn't sign him because they have no money, uh, along with taking uh, their C- uh, Taylor Wakefield, who has no value whatsoever, to France. So he could probably uh, just sip some French wine while the guys play rugby. However... <laughs> Did they take Thelo to France? Yeah. They took yes. Thelo and someone else. There were two executive members that went the with The French tour is honestly such a fucking... They say they have no money, and then they fuck off to France. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah. imagine, imagine you, you preach poverty. Oh, oh, sorry, you know, like, I can't afford my kids' school fees. Oh, no, please, guys, can I have some food? Like, go to your parents to wash your clothes or whatever. And then next thing you, you know, you fuck off to Italy on a three-week holiday. It's the equivalent of that. It's fucking ridiculous. No, it's, it's an absolute joke. And, I mean, we said last week about how people don't want to do business with province because of that sort of crap. But, c'est la vie. Just quickly back on Vermeulen. He's currently contracted to Japan's clubs Kubota, who are coached by Franz Dedeker, and he's set to return to them after the 2019 World Cup. Uh, he will not be available for the box in the upcoming rugby championship, but he hopes to be selected for the interview tour squad. Of course, he'll be selected. So the Bills, my front runners there. Wait, did you say after the World Cup? Yeah, 2019. He's going to return to the Japanese club, apparently. Okay. Um, okay, no, sorry, I'm just getting my timing right. Just a quick, quick final mention it. for uh, Super Rugby. Uh, let's see. Oh, we remember last week, if you were listening, we picked our, our team, Super Rugby Team of the Year. Uh, Sansa, based on stats, they popped out their own team. We came pretty close. Their team was Kitsoff, Marks, Tupo. We had that. Retalic, we had him too. Diaga, we didn't really have Diaga. Then Matera, there were some questions about him. Then Ioni, Jean-Luc Dupre, TJ Perinara, Damien McKenzie, George Bridge, Michael Lissler, Alan Brown, Solomon Adamalu, and Israel Falau. We kind of got like 13 out of 15, close to it. Uh, I, I, yeah. But apparently there's some controversy about this team. I don't understand why. I thought, I thought our, our debate was well-structured and reasoned and logical about the team. Yeah, yeah but it's like, like some of the debate was, I think the, the most contentious thing was... Lude being yeah. in there, even though he played less than half the season. I think yeah. <laughs> the more I and saw was that, that there was only one Crusader in the entire team. Yeah, yeah well, and, and most of the criticism. There was only yeah. one Crusader. And then a- also Alumalo. Four Chiefs, by the way, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, like, they like their Chiefs. So, but it, they said it was purely stats-based. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but see, they picked the stats. Why, so they weighted the stats. Because Muffy yeah. is the fucking piece of stats. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I only I don't think Akira had better stats than Mafia. Yeah, no, like, unless I'll... they did a sample of like three games and they just happened to choose the three games that Lewitt managed to play before getting injured. No, no, because because they started on sort of like a um, average based on games played. But then Richie Moanga should have been there. That's yeah, the thing. But... Like I don't I don't I don't buy that Damien McKenzie has better stats this season than Moanga. Didn't Mc... McKenzie? I think McKenzie. I think beat Moanga. Uh, onto that squad based purely on he has the most uh, defenders beaten or slip tackles or whatever you want to call it stat. He's He's got the highest stat, I think, in the tournament almost yeah. in that regard. And they've obviously placed a lot of weight on that no, but, area. But, but McKenzie's like the 110 that runs the most with the ball. So he's going to – and he's tiny, so no one can tackle him. Yeah. I mean, McKenzie was their sort of their player of the season in that respect. And I think 
Yeah. We can like he he had it all right. I personally think he was better last season, but I don't think he was the player of the season. No, no, no yeah. neither, neither do I. Uh, quickly, just uh, swift, swiftly uh, moving on. Whenever I see news about Tom Banks, I get very excited since he's the best player in the multiverse. The Brumbies coach backs Tom Banks, Ben's favorite player, to match it with the best in the world. Uh, SAT Brumbies coach Dan McKenna. This is from uh, CityMorningHerald.com.au. Has been cautious not to overhype his inexperienced players this season, but with Tom Banks on the cusp of a Wallabies debut, he indulged, he said. <coughs> it's important for him to continue. Important for him that he continues to back his ability and have that confidence and belief that he can compete with anyone at any level. It's pleasing for any coach when you see your players develop and improve in Banksy is no different. He's been very good over the past couple of months and was very good in the Lechart trial. Sorry, Lechart. It's Australia. Uh, Lechart trial. Hopefully he gets picked at that test in this environment. I just had to insert some uh, Tom Banks news, Ben, because I know that that, that ticks the right box for you. Adam, yeah, I'm disappointed. Obviously, obviously, I already knew it because, you know, I, no. I'm, I'm good friends. Tom, You've so, got Google yeah. Alerts set on Tom Banks. Yeah, I'm yeah, just a little upset yeah. that I thought Adam was, when you cleared your throat, I thought you were getting ready for an Aussie accent. Oh, we no, were no, going to no. get that quote <laughs> in an Aussie accent. <laughs> I, was I, I was really looking forward to it. My Aussie, accent, good. My Aussie accent's like when Americans play Brits on the TV. You can see, see the fail. A uh, couple of uh, quick things from the news. Hansen defends the All Blacks hacker. Steve Hansen is hit back a former cop, cop former prop. Case Muse claim that the All Blacks hacker is overused and has lost its mana. Muse, who played 42 tests between 98 and 2004, was interviewed for a new book on the All Blacks called The Jersey. It has lost its mana, power, effectiveness, and prestige. That's apparently that man in Maori. Uh, Muse said, when asked about the hacker, it has become a showpiece. They should do it at certain test matches, but not all. Uh, it, was a good, it was good a few years ago when they had a choice, but now they play 14 test matches a year. And that's too much as far as the hacker is concerned. We should either have it at home or just away from home like it used to be, if not both. Hansen disagrees. He said, I don't think it's been used too much. It's part of tradition. He said before the team left before Sydney, I find it interesting that someone like Case would say it's been used too much. When he was there, he thrived on it. We don't use any use it any different than we ever used to. It's part of the commencement of a game. It means a lot to the group. We understand that it's not for everybody else. Other than ourselves, we draw a lot from it. Uh, I'm personally very much on the bandwagon that uh, it's bullshit, that you can't uh, what do you call it? Approach or charge or move forward or whatever to the hacker. That's a load of crap. I think it's a Ooh, that French species. V was the best. No, that was great. And apparently the French. Remember when the it French walked forwards and that that mighty ducks yeah, flying. That was freaking awesome. But apparently, if a team then approaches the hacker, uh, World Rugby or whomever it may be, don't like yeah, it. Rugby. I think I think it's a crock of shit. Perfectly speaking, that the hacker is a protected species, and I actually agree with news. I think it's all just brazzle dazzle these days. Personally speaking, it's like, oh, it means a lot to the group. I just think it's, a, it's just a, a crock of shit that uh, the hacker is this protected species and that other teams can't do their own thing uh, or if they wanted to. I know when the New Zealand face other Pacific sides, they do do their own game commencement things, <laughs> to use my very exact English. But yeah, you know, I just. I think they're all called hackers. Yeah, I don't know. It just irritates me and Steve. No, but they're, they're, they're not all called. Yeah, if Steve Hansen, if Steve Hansen was asked if the sky was blue, he'd say no, it's red. If that was the party line, he's the most boring, unimaginative oak ever. So uh, <laughs> he's like opposite to Divi, and also conservative selective. Sorry, it just it just pisses me off how, how, how precious the Kiwis are about the hacker. <clears throat> no, but but the the hacker's quite a because it's like it's the Maori is like laying down a challenge if you want. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, the best. But it's it would become a bit. So say the All Blacks did it against whatever England and then they didn't do it against Wales 
do you think Wales would be like offended? Totally. They'll be like, what? <laughs> you don't think they've got two different ones. Uh, that, we have to point out where they've got two different ones. Though. Wales are a bad example because they would they get offended by anything. But say say they, they didn't do it against Ireland, would Ireland be offended? Yeah. I just uh, I don't know. Like for me, I think it, it's if you, if they want to do it, it's fine. And I think that like world rugby should be open to teams having those sorts of traditions. Like it shouldn't necessarily be. Uh, special treatment for the All Blacks it just so happens that they have a tradition which no one else has. So you know, if another team wanted to come up with something similar, then by all means. And then, but in the same vein, like don't, like Adam said, you know, don't stop teams from reacting to the hucker if they want to. Um, so you know, if they want to be disrespectful, like Australia did the one year, pass the ball around and warm up while they're doing the hucker, <laughs> then whatever. They got smashed. So, they got so destroyed for doing lesson, this. <laughs> lesson learned. But if they want to do like the the French did, or the Fox also did the one time where you just gonna walk up to them, or or like we've seen in a lot of um, Pacific Island clashes, like also the World Cup where Tonga and Samoa f- like face each other, for example, they yeah, do they simultaneous hikes. That's, that's yeah, awesome, that's, fuck, that's that's fucking cool too. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. But yeah. So just open the door. I would say like just open the door to the whole thing and be like, look, we want to encourage cultural, um, you know, pre-game. Exchange. Whatever's and do whatever you want, within reason. Yeah, um, within reason. We we. I just worry that the chance that this opens up the Scot the Scottish to have some dude with blue face paint running up and down in front of their team just oh, yeah. for the game. That. If Scottish had their version of Impy, just some Braveheart yeah. guy, that'd be that'd be heat. I'd um, love to see Impy and Braveheart going head to head. Ah, Impy will beat him though. Impy, I think Impy could take any other traditional mascot. I back, I back Impy. I back Impy. Impy will Impy's take out back. any one of those, uh, any one of the ones from Australia that they've got reading that quick prayer. Yeah. Impy could take every single one of them at once. Okay, can I just, can I just say, uh, just about the hacker? We had like a, he was like a sports psychologist sort of guy at school. I don't know. They brought him in because you know we didn't have enough spring box and we were sad about that. Um, but he he basically said, so, so say say what happens, teams warm up, then they go to the changing rooms, then they come back out. So you've so, sort of you've lost a bit of your your warm up basically. Mm. And yeah. then he said the hucker, it's essentially another little warm up for the All Blacks because you know it's it's relatively physical, so it sort of gets their blood pumping again. Yeah. yeah. While while the other team just sort of stands there theoretically getting less warm. Yeah. So then. It sort of gives the All Blacks a slight edge that they sort of coming in, you know, it, they they just warmed up and then they play, yeah, and then the other the... warmed up, sort of sung their anthems, stood around, watched the hucker, then play. So it's just like a slight little a slight little edge, which you know, it's sort yeah. of like it makes a bit of sense. Like you know, you take any advantage in professional sport. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. as much yeah. as I enjoy seeing the hucker, also I have a. I sort of some I sort of half agree with Muse as well that it that it to use it like in a test to use it every game for all three tests it gets a bit much and it does lose its bit of its manner or its as we would say in SA it does lose sort of that sort of I would I would I, I don't want to use the word spiritual but yeah it has that sort of that sort of spiritual chias edge to it and to use it like use it for like the first game in a test you know to throw down the gauntlet or something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, we, we we do the we do the anthem before every game, right? And that's yeah, kind of the anthem, serving but the yeah, same we, purpose. Yeah, but I, I don't need to do two anthems. Anthem's, anthems great. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just about, about to get you. 
Uh, really uh, qu- quickly, Swafi, moving on. Uh, I'm just going to shoot through the rest of this. Former Harlequins defence coach Nick Easter, he's set to join the Sharks here in SA for the upcoming Paracup Cup season. That's right. Easter 39. He left Harlequins for personal reasons following the arrival of Paul Gustat as head of the rugby in the off-season and has been out in South African recent weeks, upskilling as a coach. I like how he just upskills as a coach and is immediately signed by the uh, by the Sharks. So good on the Sharks, I guess. Hopefully the forwards uh, get get more awesome, right? I don't know. What's what, what, cool. the, the forward coach? Uh, they just say he's, he's just the coach. He's joining the coaching team. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Um, the Yaga Otters, they've appointed a new coach. Former Argentine International Five, Gonzalo Quesada, has been appointed head coach of the Yaga Otters for the 2019 season. As a player, Quesada started his career at uh, Hindu Club. Excuse me if I pronounced that wrong to all our Spanish listeners, which is in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Playing there from 92 to 99, he then moved to France, where he played for uh, Narbonne, Bézier, uh, Stade, Stade Francais, Pau, and Toulon. And in 2008, he returned to Argentina to finish his career at the Hindu Club. Um, I'm not going to go through his full CV. He's just replacing Mario Ledesma, uh, who's the head coach from this previous season, who's then been promoted to the Yagi Artists. So probably more of the same, hopefully. Bit of, bit of uh, continuity. Continu- con- uh, fuck, man. Uh, continuity. continuity. What are you trying to say? Sorry. Continuity. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, I do really do struggle on that. Uh, Michael Hooper, I know when we get into the Rapid Champ conversation, he's, he's expected to be fit uh, for the opening game uh, this next weekend. And, uh, He's also been offered or has signed a five-year contract with Australia. That is true. Um, and, so and Alex, the two Alex, go hand in hand. Alex, who is the ultimate Michael Hooper cheerleader, do you think that's excessive? Yeah, Alex? I think it's a bit much, to be honest. Like, oh. I don't know. Like, I just think he, he just hasn't had the best year. He was injured. And, no, before he got injured, like it just—it didn't feel like he was quite where he used to be, like up to two years ago. But I, no, like I'm—I'm I'm, I'm confident that he'll get back to his best. So you know, it's not—I wouldn't say it's totally over the top, but maybe a bit. Yeah. Five-year contracts always strike me as funny in rugby because yeah. five years is a fucking time. Yeah, it's a long. Especially but who's like... not—it's not his first contract either. Five years makes sense if it's your first contract. So. But yeah, anyway. no, no, but I think players should always feel a bit under pressure for their place in the side. Like, 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 no, no one should be, no, the, no player should be sacred. Yeah, well, like, like, you know, if you, you should feel like that if I don't perform, I'll get dropped. Like, you need, they call it like depth pressure or squad pressure or whatever they call it. Yeah, competition. Like, so, and I, I think, I think giving someone a five-year contract is sort of making them kind of like untouchable, which. I don't think a good position. You know, imagine you're the guy sort of competing for Michael Hooper's place. You're like, well, what's the fucking point of this? Because he's obviously locked down for five years. I yeah, don't know. we're Rob Valentini. Yeah, I think... Or, no, Rob Valentini, I don't think, is the Michael Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Sure. No, no, I was just, uh, just... Just mostly in Alex's heart, if anyone... Rob Valentini's yeah. the next Amanaki Mafia guy. It's not the next Yo, Michael he's, he's, Come on. he's more of an eighth man, isn't he? Yeah, no, no, I, was, I was just, I was just Alex, trying to cut Alex uh, close to his heart. I saw nine minutes of Valentini, even after. I've heard Alex talk more about Valentini than I have watched <laughs> him <he> play. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> uh, I think the, like, the ultimate cautionary tale is Julian Sevier, who, after the 2015 uh, World Cup, where he was like, great, good side for four years, on a massive, like, 800, 900,000 New Zealand dollar contract, and then uh, just turned to, turned to uh, not shit. 
but um, I guess by coming down from the heights he was at, he was shit. Uh, he's still he's still a very serviceable rugby player, but he he wasn't that amazing. So just very yeah, interesting. But, but, uh, wings are wings are like form players though. Like I don't think wings ever like like whole like play like they're not at the the, the top for very long if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like uh, I'm doing, you have to be so physically tuned, and you have to your your head has to be in such a good space to be, look at the man next to you and be like, well, look at the man in front of you and be like, yeah, I'm going to take this fucker. Yeah. Like, like it's it's the most sort of one on one position in rugby. I think you need so much confidence to do it. If you're just yeah. a little bit off the game, you you know you're done. Well, you're not I also, done. But I also just think it's them. hugely hugely competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's always someone waiting to take your place, especially obviously in New Zealand. Yeah, and the wings. I mean. Yeah, wings are wings seem to be just the one where they always turn out because there always seems to be an extra three wings in the wings, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to make that pun. Fuck that. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's we're gonna depart from from the news scene and let's just quickly chat about Curry Cup, South Africa's premier domestic competition, depending who you ask. Uh, the opening fixture is. I really do like Curry Cup. The, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I like it. The, the opening fixture uh, takes place this Friday, where the Free State Cheaters they take on the uh, Blue Bulls uh, in Bloemfontein at the Toyota Stadium, and then the other games we'll see. Uh, I was it's always a good game. We've got uh, the Pumas versus the Griquas at Bombella Stadium in Nelspruit. There's always there's always bomb murders where you've got that. That's going to be heat. That, that game's going to be heat. Yeah, that game's at oh, two o'clock. If you're feeling willing and ready, Matt, to watch that, and there's weird, a bit of a staggered start. I, I don't know why, because of because... The rugby championship game taking place at five because then only the week after do the Lions then make their debut. They face Griquas at Ellis Park, and then the Celtic. I love how they call it the Celtic Sharks fifteen, like they used to do in the Vodacom Cup. This is the Curry Cup squad, and they call it the Celtic Sharks fifteen officially. For um, yeah, I don't uh, know. vintage sharks. Yeah, why couldn't they call them like the Celtic Quasuni Natal Sharks or, or some cut like that? Um, anyway, well, it's okay. At least the storm has t- turned into Western Province rugby. At least, yeah, that's true. With uh, the Deezer Flower, well, a, you must be impressed with me, Alex. That I, I do know that. Uh, the big major difference, ladies and gentlemen, with this year's competition is that uh, after last year's, where there was a home and away between all the sides, and there's eight sides, uh, I think, in the competition. Is that right? Eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a single round, so there's only seven matches. Um, that each side plays. And I love how they're staggering it from... Oh, are they eight sides? How did the Stormers start with a buy if they're eight sides? They're eight sides. That only two, only four teams are playing the first weekend. Yeah. And then oh, six, okay. six teams play every weekend. So they're two teams on a buy most weekends. Yeah, so they, 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 they're taking a competition with only seven rounds and they're staggering it from Friday the 17th of August. It's eight rounds, Adam. Eight, oh, with the, oh, no, nine, including the semis and final. Excuse no, no, me. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, eight is still eight is still pool games. No, brew. How does how does eight sides? I'm on super. I'm on super brew. No, it's different. round eight. No, Twelve and thirteen or October. No, 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 not, no, not round eight, brew. No, how can tell me bro, how can eight teams play eight? Because like, eight teams in the league, right? How do they play eight teams? Uh, do they like have a trial I think match? You say they, are you saying they're eight weeks of fixtures, Adam? No, I'm saying there's eight rounds of fixtures in in entirety. Jeez, guys, it's not that hard. Adam, why do you always take that side over me? Adam, oh. Adam, Adam. When they take buys, those teams that the round still goes on. It's like Super Rugby. There were seventeen rounds or whatever of Super Rugby, and every team only played what, like fifteen games? Yeah. 
Yeah, but no, so but they were there were more rounds than there were actual teams. This is semantics, okay? Because um, it's just semantics. Anyway, well, the point I was trying to make before you rudely interrupted me, they're taking a competition that starts on Friday, the 17th of August, and runs to... Sorry, it's loading. The last pool game is the 12th and 13th of October, yeah. so less than a month. That's ridiculous, but maybe it will help. Sorry. In a weird way, it's reducing the amount of rugby. Um, but yeah, I, I was just... having a look though. I'm kind of bummed. If you have a look at who the because the Greekers are the obvious giant killers, and playing the Greekers in Kimberley means obviously you're gonna most probably lose that game. And I'm sad to see that they've not got too many strong ga- or too many opportunities to take big scalps at home in Kimberley. They've got the Sharks and the Bulls that I can see, and the Cheetahs. Like, well, I know the Cheetahs actually might be quite... Will they be strong? Cheetahs, by the time they get the Cheetahs, the Cheetahs squad will be playing Pro 14 at that time as well. Yeah. But can't can't the Cheetahs take Grickers players as well? Well, they used to for Super Rugby. I don't know if they're still Super doing Rugby, Pro 14, yeah, but, but I, assume Pro I assume they are. Yeah, because yeah. Gary Cup... Yeah, they were, it's like two hours between Bloom and... Kimberly by a car, I think. That sounds yeah, quite short. I thought Kimberly is far. It is. Nah, Kimberly's like on the border of Northern Cape. Yeah, yeah. Like Colesburg. Mm. Sorry, that, that, that's from a guy who's had to drive through Colesburg <laughs> many, many times from, from Joburg to Grangetown. Uh, but how do we feel about the current Like In a way, it's interesting that there's only. Uh, it's quite um, a paucity of games, actually. So there's not, you're not going to exactly get a feast of rugby. So it's. Making it a, in a very weird way a premium product. I don't know if that logic holds though. Uh, well, well, I guess time will tell, but that is obviously the thinking behind it. It's kind of like what we were talking about last week with um, with teams cutting down their player their player size. Same with games now. They're hopefully going for quality over quantity, um, and I guess people are satisfied with the number of of domestic derbies they're getting in Super Rugby. But uh, yeah, I think to be honest, like it's it's got nothing to do with the scheduling. It's got everything to do with the spread of players, like the distribution of players, because it doesn't matter if you're only playing one round against the Griquas. You know, if you're if you're a Newlands fan, for example, you're either going to go to the game against the Griquas or you're not. It doesn't matter whether it's game one of two or game one of one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think people really think about it in those terms. At least I don't. Well, I, I will be interested to to see the crowds for the games. I'm, I'm sure maybe some of these games are money losers. I don't. I I, I have no idea, but I wouldn't be yeah. too surprised if I saw that. So it is interesting. Um, yeah. But it, I, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, to to me, Curry Cup sort of like like when I was at school in uni and stuff. I used to really like I did Curry Cup, but like since I've left, I don't, obviously I don't live in South Africa, so maybe that's an issue. But I've just sort of lost a bit of interest there are a lot of kind of no-name brand players the quality of rugby is all right but you know sometimes it's just a, it's it's average let's say that so like, i don't know I, I battle to sort of really get behind curry cup like i don't know if that's a feeling um, we all have but yeah same here uh, to be to be quite honest i mean i kind of i've tracked the results but me actually setting time aside to watch a curry cup game uh, due to the fact that there's rugby championship going on and all sorts of other stuff uh, 
I don't, I'm, I don't have to show you my colours here. I mean, obviously I want the Lions to win. If there's a semi-final, I'll, I'll get up and watch it. But I've got the sort of Oak who, who will drive... Fucking fair weather Lions fans. Fuck you. I wouldn't drive to Ellis Park to go watch a Carrier Cup game. I'd rather go to for a Super yeah. Rugby game, for example. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, like, obviously being within walking distance of the stadium, like, those are often the games that I've seen the most because especially when I was a student... I was like, fuck, why would I pay, you know, 150 rand or whatever to watch a Super Rugby game between the Stormers and the Sharks when I can come back in two months' time and watch Western Province play, you know, the KZN15 or whatever. So I still, I'm still quite a big fan of Curry Cup Rugby just as a spectator, not so much as like a, you know, seven days a week checking Rugby 365 or checking Super Sport for like the latest news, who's injured, you know. Obviously, I don't get into it the same way I get into Super Rugby with fantasy and all that kind of stuff. But just like Saturday afternoon, flicking through the channels, oh, there's rugby on at five. Cool, you know, something to sit, watch, watch while I have a beer kind of thing. I still like it. Uh, I'm still a fan. And I, I'd like to see it get better. I'd like to see it get more competitive. Yeah, like, like I, I think when, when South Africa was a very... When the Springboks were very good, Curry Cup was a very strong competition. So, yeah. so like... I, I would say the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, funny how that happens. Eh? No, no, be, because it was because they often they said that when the Springboks were successful, the Super Rugby franchises weren't necessarily successful. But Curry Cups always been at a good level, you know, like lots of Springboks yeah. playing in the tournament. But now, can Springboks even play in Curry Cup anymore? I don't think Springboks have played in Curry Cup for years now. I don't know if that's such a good idea for them to in any case because yeah, I don't want them to. They've played so much yeah, like, this year. I think it's better for yeah, them to stay fit if they're like one of those core contracted guys or if it's just negotiated between Sire and the unions on a year by year basis or whatever. But it's good I think it's important to have Curry Cup be you know, a channel for, for new players Super. to come through. Yeah. Don't don't you think we have enough channels for new players? But from but, what's but the next step not from working. Curry- yeah, because I mean, no, I besides they, Super yeah. Rugby, the next step down is the Challenge Cup. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that, that's a big step the down. No, that's a massive yeah. step down. So the Curry Cup's yeah. obviously the the intermediary between Super Rugby and the Challenge Cup. Are, are yeah, they I, doing anything with with uh, like new rules, like rolling subs or anything like that, or just no, keeping it pure? I, I think the uh, Curry they, Cup's yeah, always going to keep pretty traditional. I, I do yeah. think though that if there's any draft player. Who's serious out there? They would actually watch um, some Curry Cup. Go in there. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a good hunting ground for for new talent. If yeah, you that's why Australian always used to beat me at fantasy because he he used to watch the Mitre Ten Cup. I was gonna say yeah, Mitre Ten is I think where you're gonna get a lot of value as well. We also just cut to the chase and move to New Zealand. Like, <laughs> like, like why, why don't you even live in something? If you, if you really care uh, about if you really care about draft, like go to high school games, uh, go to club yeah. games, just you really get the, the full on depth, so you know know who to choose and who's, who's coming up. And uh, I, I, honestly, I, I love watching high school rugby, not on I'm TV, not on classic catches, but I love I love going to a like like yeah, if I, was, I lived in whatever, I would watch Rondebosch Bishops and yeah. Sacks or whatever. Like oh, yeah, geez, I mean, like so like, on, on the Thursday on the public holiday, Phil and I went to watch our old school St Andrews against Bishops. Um, which was it was a really nice game, and like bishops have honestly one of the most beautiful um, fields in schoolboy rugby. They've got at Pile mm. Reese, got such a great backdrop of the mountain, and yeah, it was a fantastic game. Like we didn't sit with any of the old boys, so we could watch the rugby properly instead of getting like <laughs> water bottles sprayed over us every time someone made a, made a big tackle. Um, 
but no, it was cool. Like the vibe was really great. It was it was packed. It's always packed. Um, yeah, really. I love schoolboy rugby. I'd like because I, I I would argue something like you know like St Andrews Grey or Hilton My Class or whatever Poorers. They probably actually get bigger crowds these days than Curry Cup games. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was so last uh, two weeks ago. I think I mentioned that I was in Paul for squash game, and it was like two or three days before the Paul derby. And the guys we were playing against were, were talking about how, like, the next four days were just back-to-back events with all the old boys from Paul, Rose, uh, Paul Jim and Paul Boys, I mean, um, like, getting together. and like Because now they all, you know, live in Paul together and work together and, you know, do all sorts yeah, of stuff messy. together. And then it's like a one weekend where they just polarize again. <laughs> but it's huge. Like, they get something stupid like 50,000 people. I don't know if it's that many, but it's yeah. it's a lot. All right, well, let's, look, let's, let's wrap it up there. We will be keeping a very broad eye uh, on the Curry Cup just to see what's going on. But let's move on to the main event. Oh, should, 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 we, should we pop in a Curry Cup Super Brew just for... Is it? Just for years, just so we follow it a bit closer? Yeah, I think that's no, a good, we should. Uh, yeah. that, that's a good Maybe point. Maybe not a bad idea. Yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Let me quickly uh, log in here. Uh, I'm just curious. I'm looking now if there's, if there's actually a first division running this year as well. Oh, you know, I think that that's a step too far, bro. Look for me. That's yeah. a, that's that's where the team. That's where my teams are. Sadly, Adam. So are you, are you I actually going, have to. Are you going to be going? Eagles are. Mm-hmm. If they if they are, it depends who's playing here in George. I must probably pop over to watch one or two games there. Yeah, I was going to say you could you could be our roving Otaniqua Park uh, reporter. <laughs> uh, maybe the, maybe I'll watch the King. Fuck, I love that the Kings are first division still. Yeah. But they, they, they've never, they've never been like a, a, a Curry Cup like Premiership side though. Like I think, like when they brought in the competition that one year, the Kings were in, but they've never qualified before to play in the proper uh, Curry Cup. Yeah, the Eagles, the SWD Eagles, I think have qualified many more times than the Kings have. Well, let's let's even spread it out to not just Kings EP Rugby rather. Yeah, but but the, the Griquas and the Pumas aren't like it's not an upset when the Griquas beat sides and the Pumas you know they're a solid unit like yeah. no no definitely okay well this is fantastic if, under, on Super Sport when I click on first Curry Cup first division fixtures it just says there's no fixtures available you gotta go check the notice board Matt they, they're written up in pencil by <laughs> yeah, the captain it, 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 it might be yeah. because I'm set on <laughs> August let me, let me shift to September I, I, I got won't even let me jump I got I, I got round one open here. Um, it's Cheetahs Bulls uh, and Bloom, and the Bulls apparently have a young squad. I'm gonna who are we gonna back there? I'm probably gonna back the Cheetahs. You know, I'll back the Cheetahs because the, the Cheetahs will be using their Pro 14 team. Yeah, so. that's, I'm gonna. Shit, why is this thing descending now? There you go. Hey man, sorry, my PC is being naughty. Uh, I'm just saying Cheetahs, Cheetahs, but like ten. Sure. I'd argue. A bit, I'd argue a bit more. Yeah, I could argue a bit more. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much occupied Curry Cup Super Brew picks. <laughs> okay, this is the oldest one. This is the toughest one, Oaks. Pumas versus Griquas in, in Nelspreet. Oh, uh, that, that'll Nils probably be, that'll probably be the final. So I'll just back the home team. Yeah, because Pumas had a very much. had a Should very good super sport. Should we just back the home team the whole season and see home how far they get? No, well then, then what value are we giving the listeners if we're just backing the home team? Meme yeah. value, Ben. Meme value. Yeah. Didn't you, uh, Mad- didn't you ever see Moneyball? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. No, he, he burnt out at Super Rugby. Yeah. <laughs> I was just I can see that Mobile Stadium, I've been there actually. Um, it's capacity. Uh, I, I, 
43,000, sorry to interrupt you, Ben, 43,000. Just imagine, I just wish one day that all Mel Spread's like, fuck, let's just go to, and uh, let's go watch a Curry Cup game. 43,000 people going there to support the Pumas. Oh, uh, Jimmy Stonehouse. Well, you need to pull in at least two of the you, next you know, Jimmy Stonehouse yeah. is back as coach, by the way, for the Pumas. Is he? That's what I was wondering. Is he yeah. going back there? Yeah, so oh, he's back. Yeah, he sort of. Pumas, definitely. Pumas by two guns. Yeah. <laughs> Pumas by a 24-inch python. Double barrel yeah. Pumas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's. Um, yes. What? What? I just want to talk about how much I like Nalspreit and the Nalspreit Stadium. And if I got a job offer in Nalspreit, I'd genuinely consider moving back to South Africa. I like hey, the zebra. Can't use the zebra podcast to try and get a new job. Huh? Yeah. Find to, to be honest, I, 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 I don't think there are a lot of people that need offshore tax consulting in Nalspreit, so I'd have to probably change careers. So if anyone in Nalspreit wants to suggest a career, I see you have a very big Toyota dealership there, so you know I could sell well, cars. Like, uh, what's tax like for maybe farmers? Oak, maybe Oaks in the public sector. Uh, they could use offshore tax. Oh no, f- farmers! Farmers are sneaky fuckers with their tax, but we can talk yeah, about this later. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure there's a fair there's a fair chunk of farming for you too, a fair chunk of farmers. Yeah, lots of fruit farms, but they they get a lot of sort of investment credits, and then like you uh, sort of you build your house, and then you claim no, this is a farm building, so I need tax deduct this and stuff. Uh, see this, farmers. see this, this is a shed, this is a shed here with the DSTV thing on the side. <laughs> yeah, like, like you, you put a rake in your lounge, you'd be like, yeah, this is my equipment allotment or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart, uh, let's uh, let, let's move on to the rugby championship, guys. So I've just also just entered us into the rugby championship super brew. So but yeah. I just did that too. Uh, I mean, all the squads have been announced. Uh, I don't think we're going to spend too much time on the squads. Actually, well, we were talking about the box squad. Um, thankfully, if three of our scrum halves get injured, we have cover because we have four scrum halves uh, in our squad, yes. uh, which is very exciting. Marcus is very important. Marcus van Staden, aka Escom. Uh, he's uncapped. He's also in the squad. Uh, the only number eight in the squad is Warren Whiteley, uh, safe as houses. Hashtag. Uh, always good to know. And we've only picked uh, Damien Willemser. He's also in the squad. He might get some action at 15. And Andre Esterhazen, the only specialist 12 in the squad. Goodbye, DDA. You will not be missed. That's just my uh, opinion. Is, just... is, isn't he injured? Yeah. DDA. DDA, yeah. Well, I, well whatever. <laughs> I'm just chuffed that he's not there. So... But just to quickly read a quote coming from uh, Rassi Rasmus about the box not having enough depth. He just said, this is coming from Rapid 365, uh, and I quote, With injuries we have, I don't think we are in a position where we can really do that. But the squad, bizarre, there was talk of us being squad. We currently have six or seven crucial injuries. I hope DDA isn't, isn't in that list. So we don't have the luxury of picking two equally strong teams. <laughs> also, if you look at the number of caps we have, it might be just be too much of a risk to do things like that. You don't want to go to Australia and get hammered. You want to try and beat Australia. Okay, good enough. So the only thing I was trying to explain is that the fact that when you play Australia home and away, and you just is very circular, and you can come back and then fly to Australia and then travel to New Zealand, you travel around the world, and now you must perform against the world's best team who is sitting waiting for you as fresh as a daisy. Um, it would have been ideal to send a few boys, not even a whole team, straight to New Zealand and maybe have a core of your team nice and fresh. But I don't think at this stage you have the luxury just because of injuries. So that's just uh, his case. Just a quick roundup of the fixtures. Uh, Australia versus New Zealand, as we said, Bledisloe won. Uh, that's at... Well, 8 o'clock local time. So I think that suggests it'll be around about 11, 11.30 South African time. And then South 12 Africa... o'clock according to you. Oh, thank you. And then South Africa versus Argentina at King's Sorry, Park. They're, they're, they're playing at 8, 8 o'clock in the evening? That's yeah. quite late. Yeah, but it's for... Yeah, that's also, like a French picture. Also for broadcast Yeah, SA's mean, like, we, yeah South Africa's very 
bitchy about that. So we force Australia and New Zealand to play like late night games so that we can broadcast it at a reasonable hour. Yeah, and also so they can get some of the uh, just some of the European viewership. I'd be interested to know how much, but I assume that's why the fixtures so late. So I'm sure as hell the players don't want to play at that time. That's cuck. You mean like sit the whole day? Oh, that's what is that's like bedtime. That is definitely past past Ryan Crotty's bedtime. <laughs> definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, chaps. I guess in terms of just the box squad, uh, Elton, Elton's in there, uh, and he was. That's one of my first question is. Yeah. Which of our four scrum halves is going to get Francois Hocharded and sent to the wing? Um, up here. Up here. Yeah, probably. It's already happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just curious. That's why out of the four, which one is the most likely there for more for wing cover than for scrum half cover? Yeah, it's definitely up here. Okay. Done. Right. Next. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy. I'm very excited to check out Andre Esterhazen at um, 12. So this is like a really good opportunity for him to to stake a claim for it. What are you, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think he's like unless they do a Andre Pollard at or even Damien Valimsa at twelve. I mean, he's obviously looking at four consecutive games of you know sixty to eighty minutes, which is a very nice position for someone of his age to be in. I think, mm. and it's it's a good vote of confidence, obviously ahead of next year as well. Um. So. Next, next, you'll make the most of it. Next question. Willem, sir, do you want to see him at 15? I know he's kind of in the squad as 10 cover. Let's say Henry Pollard uh, gets ill and misses a game. <coughs> Who's going to start? Probably, probably like I think Elton. Yeah, I think Elton will start. Like, he, Elton's not there as bench cover. Like, we, we've seen that, I think. Mm. Um, starter, so, starter or bust. Yeah, he'll exactly. He'll leapfrog whoever's on the bench, which I think will probably be Willemser. Because, especially when you consider that we're lacking outside back cover, I mean, you're already speaking about Papiers having to cover wing, but we, we don't have a right wing and we don't really have any other fullbacks. So, really, Willemser's our best bet at, at 23, I think. If we start Willemser at 15, out of curiosity, Vili, I'm assuming, goes to 14. Yeah, well, yeah, you would, because you, I mean, you, you need someone with experience there. Yeah. I'm just looking but at like, that, like, listen like, in. Like, the Holland injury is hurting us a lot more than it mm. should be, considering Holland's yeah. got what, three or four caps. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah because Involvo, I, I, I personally don't agree with Involvo being selected. Like, I would have rather had Oh, he had no gas in I'm sure Rusty has his reasoning, but I think we were talking about this on the group that Involvo is, in a weird way, is a 14 because he's an 11 that plays 15, which kind yeah. of makes him 14. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I, I personally think Involvo's past it. Do you know how we were talking about wings sort of lose, like, if not if you're not in your prime, you're done as a wing. And I, I don't think Involvo's in his prime anymore. But, yeah, hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully it proves me wrong. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Yeah. No, I don't want to prove you wrong because fuck the last thing we needed the sharks, sharks having having Volvo to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Ant. Just, just um, a quick look. Uh, six new faces uh, were announced in new Argentina coach Mariano Desma's squad. They are. Let me see if I can find them. Oh shit, they are caught. He's a success. Yada yada yada. No, that doesn't actually break down um, who, who the new squad is. But look, but like the Jaguars had a terrific season, so I mean, all this, the whole squad's virtually comes from the Jaguars. So I, I'd, I'd imagine that Argentina at home 
uh, look, I think New Zealand already have anything to worry about. But, um, yeah, I think going to, going to Argentina is going to be quite tough. And also, Australia versus Argentina is always quite spicy at home, I think. Because, I don't know, I feel like... I know we've lost there um, in the Tutti era, but... Uh, oh, no, I... I totally we lost there in the thingy. Going, yeah. Didn't we lose... Oh, no, it was the Tutti... Yeah, it was only the Tutti era. Yeah, no, no we, didn't, didn't we Heine lose Kamehameha there as well? Lose to them? Yeah, we lost there to Heineken. They beat us for the first time in SA under Tutti. Yeah. yeah. No, but Argentina, the... do you know what? If if they put it together like they did when they were touring as the Jaguares, like I don't think a lot of teams are going to stand in their way. Like, no, they're they, going to be will be heat. If if they play as well as they can play, and I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be shocked if they came second in the rugby championship. That's that's most certainly not uh, out of the realms. Realms, realms. Excuse me. Uh, the, the realms of of. Uh, Adam, are you drunk? No. Spare uh, question. Uh, no. I'm actually quite. I'm actually quite offended by that question, Matt. Just saying. Normally, by the standards of most of us, I'm just I'm checking. Drunk. Oh. Because anyone's wondering. Uh, I had some wine. No, but you've been coherent. You've been coherent. You haven't. You, you're you not haven't drunk. Would you? Of... Would you just had a baby shower? Uh, yeah. yeah. What does it say about... Are those things piss-ups? I don't understand your, your incredulity. <laughs> oh, because Joe and I were like, we're not even going to have one of those things because, like, what's the like what's the point? It's just like a scam oh. to get gifts. No, you but know. Now, so yeah. now people can get drunk? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally piss-up. having one of those now, yeah. yeah it's and a piss-up. Everyone, and then... everyone but the expecting mother, basically. I oh, have to... You I, hear that, Joe? You can't get drunk. I have to organize a... Um, what's it? I have to organize, like, a dad, baby daddy lunch for the father and, and we're all apparently chipping in baby city vouchers and uh, that's yes crap. that's what we got that's uh, exactly what we got <laughs> yeah i um i just kind of uh, you know i don't know if ashley i don't know if ashley listens to this but it's not his fault it's his wife's but i do sense that's the reason it's more it's more for it's more as ec- for economic gain but i mean what you're going to do and then they asked, asked me to yep. do it but going back to the rugby championship from baby showers bit of a segue uh, apparently, Dan Coles, he's going to be in the squad traveling to Sydney, but he won't be in the 23. So, do you think we're actually going to see him join the rugby championship? Yeah, he's going to carry oh, the man. water bottles. I don't know. Like, like Dan Coles, weirdly, they just kind of drag him about. Like, because he also, like, the whole hurricane season, he was just sort of there and about. I don't know. Like, Yeah, he was the water boy for, like, the entire season. Like, oh, like, he's Maybe good he's just... In- is he maybe tactically insightful and he just gives like the best advice when he comes on quickly? I could be. I just if I'm Cody Taylor, let's say Dan Cool Dan Cools, Dan Coles is fit and he gets leapfrogged in the squad by Coles. I'd feel I'd be a little bit better about that because Taylor's been excellent um, over the course of Super Rugby. Uh, but just a little bit for, a little bit more stuff from the All Blacks. Barrett confirmed at ten, uh, and Sonny Bill Williams and uh, Nehem Mono Scudder, they've all been left at home. For the default, for they're, the they're, they're injured, aren't they? Though, Sonny Bull and Nehe are injured. Uh, all right. I know Sonny Bull's injured. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're injured. I, I only read the I only read the headline. Um, I didn't read. Um, just quick, a quick look at, at the New Zealand squad. I'm just seeing who who might be a debutant. There's no debutants. They're already looking good. Uh, for... Hansen's picked. Hansen's picked. Two debutants already in the beginning of the year. He's not going to pick more now. 
Yeah, I mean, he's like, made his quota. Their team's going to be frightfully strong, um, I think. Just, I mean, in midfield, they got... Well, they left out La Mappy. So they got Crotty Goodhue, Leonard Brown, and, Bill, and, and Sonny Bill. Ugh, Sonny Bill, I don't know about him, but even those three, uh, that's quite power. And then they got Barrett, McKenzie, Moanga. It's actually... It's, a, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches to the point that it's criminal. They just have these guys sitting on the bench where McKenzie or Moanga would probably start at any other uh, rugby championship side. Why should... <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I don't think South Africa would like a player like McKenzie. Like, I, yeah, I don't think he, he would have got a professional contract coming out of school. or yeah. Like, I think he would have been left to He's, play club. He would have been too small or yeah, whatever. He probably yeah. would have moved yeah. into, like, finance uh, <laughs> finance in a bank or something like that. I don't know if he, if he does that. No, he, he would own a coffee shop. I, I dig him. He would <laughs> own a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> so just looking at, looking at the Australian squad, Matt Tumur. He's back. I like that. Uh, he's played 32 tests. He's back from Leicester. He signed for the Melbourne Rebels for next year. So he's adding a bit of uh, power. They got they picked Jordan uh, Petia. Excuse me. He's 18 from the Reds. Apparently he can play centre, which is interesting. And then they picked Maddox, Buddy Meeks, uh, which is interesting again. Tom Banks, the greatest player ever. Uh, Hooper's injured. Flaffinger. He's also come in. Um, well, well, yeah, Wasn't there big news for coming back? Yeah, Adam, you said at the start of this, Hooper's fit. At the start of this episode. Yeah, he's expected to be fit. I'm just saying. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but look, let's um, let's just look at the games actually coming up next week. We split us are we going to see Hooper play this weekend then? I'd say so, as the skipper. The Hooper, yeah, no, but I mean the Hooper Pocock combo. Ooh. Yo, they're, they're no shame with playing two features, and I love it. That's fine. <laughs> then, I, mean, just I, I enjoy the, the I enjoy Hooper. So who's going to play eight then? They've got Timu, Samu, uh-huh. um, I'm just Samu, Samu, and who else do they have here? Kind of written down somewhere, hang on. Um, it's pretty much eight. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to no, it's going to be Pocock at eight. It's going to be um, yeah, Samu, Poc- at, Samu at seven. Yeah, oh, I mean, which is a South African six. Yeah. Yeah, on your yeah. So uh, I think. Looking at the... Let's just look ahead to next weekend. So, Bledisloe 1, Australia versus New Zealand. Who's going to win? Uh, we can put our... I, I, I feel like we're in for a good shot of getting all these all these picks right. So, let's let's, let's try, guys. Let's try to uh, fix our pretty average super brew, super brew, super happy performance. What do you say? Are you with me? Uh, I think I think it's going to be New Zealand. It's been a good year for Australian rugby, but... A better year. Yeah. I don't know. So you're betting against you're betting against the wisdom of Steve Hansen then. Hmm. Yeah. Look, if because Will Guinea's not fit, is he? No, I don't think he's fit. Uh, If if Guinea and Hooper were fit, wasn't he? Oh wait, I think he might be back. I'm sure I saw him playing in that trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But Guinea's not enough to make the Australians. I think. I think the Australians might win Bledisloe two or three, but not one. Well, no, well they. We're, we're, well, Bledisloe 3 will presumably be back in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think New Zealand's going to take it, sorry. Alright, well, um, yeah, I back you. Does anybody disagree? No, um, I don't... I'll, I still think they have enough, but I do think some cracks are starting to form with Steve Hansen. Yeah, I think it'd be... Yeah, no, the man's insane. <laughs> no, 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 like, I, I think there's, there's no doubt he has the best players. But I don't know. He's just saying some. He's saying some funny shit, and his selections to me are just a little bit, 
a little bit off at the moment. And you know, like like this whole thing where he's saying, no, Australia are definitely favourites coming into this game, or whatever. You're like, shut the fuck up, Steve. What do you know? Well, obviously, he knows a lot because he coaches New Zealand. But I don't but know. No, like, like, that's, that's like, a side I'm, that I'm, I assume coaches itself. I'm, I'm getting some funny... Are you guys also getting some funny vibes off him? Like he's almost going a bit insane? I think he's... He's selecting like Heineke may have selected a team sort of a year before the actual downfall, where like it was like cut and you're like ah, uh, there's one or two that you should have been sticking to, and Heineke may have stuck to that game plan for like the next two years. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I think, think Hansen's like, falling into that trap. Too safe, but yeah, I, I think they'll they'll have enough to go through Australia. No, no, this is the start of the downfall. I don't think this is the downfall yet. I still think they're still going to have a good run in the World Cup, even still. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, let's say, uh, what's the margin here? I think it'll be a good game. I'm, I'm hoping you're going to to watch it, but I'd, I'd probably say, blah. Uh, <laughs> New, Zealand well by, New Zealand by... Mm, I've got 15 on mine. Oh, I need to fix that. Well, how about 11? Let's go for odd number. Sure. All right. No, I'm fine. Well. All right. And then uh, the headline game of the day <laughs> of South Africa versus Argentina in Durban at five. Uh, I'd back the box to win here. I think they've got some uh, nice momentum. I just hope that hope to God that Andre Hesterson doesn't get injured. Otherwise, he might see the kind of move into 12. So I'd, I'd back South Africa. No, I think... I think... Pollard will move to 12 then, I presume. Yeah, I think Pollard almost probably go to 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then it's it's like your game plan is so different having Pollard at 12 and having Estes in at 12. Mm. Like, you know, if you prepare all week to have Estes in at 12 and then suddenly someone gets injured and you have Pollard at 12. I yeah, well, fuck, I mean, it can, it can, it's going to be disruptive, but I mean, that's the gamble that Russi's taken. So. Yeah, because yeah, DDA yeah. is the only other player in SA. That could most probably play an est- play close to an Estes and game plan. Janser van Rensburg could. Oh, true. Yeah, Janser van Rensburg. Well, like, I mean, I mean we, we have spoken a lot about how Estes has developed his game this year, so I think he's a lot closer to being, I don't know, the Around. kind of 12, the kind of 12 so you get out of I would like to see more for the Sharks is act as like a, a relief kicker because he, mm. he's left-footed as well. Yeah. And he's got yeah, a yeah. cannon of a boot. Like, I would like to see him... Clearance kick a bit more. I don't like it when players generally kick and play. Even cross kicks, they don't get my my blood up like they used to. I used to dig cross kicks, but now I'm I'm done with them. Can I can I can I sideways segue into a, a rather unrelated anecdote um, about uh, an American football player? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's 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 not as unrelated as you might think because he's a South African guy. And he was drafted this year by the Buffalo Bills, and he's one of the first South Africans, if not the first, to actually be drafted. Um, so it's quite a cool little story. What did he do? But his name is Gerard uh, de Beer. Um, he's from he's from Pretoria, but I actually don't know when he where he went to school. I'm assuming he went to Uffies. But he left after high school. He went across to the United States on an athletic scholarship because he was an amazing discus thrower. So he used to throw a discus for junior South Africa under 16, under 18, and I think he won gold at like the All-Africa Championships in his age group. So he obviously decided he wanted to take athletics more seriously and signed up for an academic, uh, sorry, an athletic program, scholarship program in the, in the US. 
and he went to a bunch of different colleges to see where he wanted to go and if, if I understand correctly I might be wrong about this but he expressed an interest in trying out football and most of the colleges said to him look if you're coming on an athletic scholarship that's what you're doing you're not going to be doing football you're going to be just throwing discus and then I think it was in Houston Arizona um, the, the athletic coach in um, there's another one in Arizona Oh, they love cool. using the, the like every state has like the same same four names. Am I wrong about this? No, no, no. You're probably right. I, I don't I know mean, a lot I, about it. I feel like I've said something stupid. Now. Is, is there a Houston, Arizona? Anyway, I'm wherever, wherever he went, he, he went he went to Arizona. Um, so it might not be Houston. It was definitely Arizona. And um, the the coach there was like, yeah, fuck. If you want to play, if you want to try football, you can try football. He's over two meters tall. Uh, and he weighed he weighed over 100 kgs at the time, but he was quite kind of fit because he was a discus thrower, you know. And after a couple of years, he decided, fuck it, he's he's ditching athletics because he was doing well. He won like local championships, but he wasn't quite good enough for Olympics. And he went over and it was like he wants to try his hand at American football, and they gave him a chance. He put on a bit of weight, and they they tried him in a few different positions. And yeah, he got he got um, picked up for an NFL team this year, so he's oh. now an NFL player. I don't know if he's anywhere close to starting, but it's pretty cool. The reason I bring it up is because <laughs> apparently incredible he, at the cross kick. He's a, apparently he was the best punter on the team at high school. Oh, sorry, at at college. So um, at one point their, their punter was kicking like the specialist kicker. Uh, so he he was struggling. And the, the local media asked the coach, like, who's your alternative? And he was like, well, this is South Africa guy, Gerard De Beer, he's like two meters tall. He's got the most powerful kick on the team. And, like, it, sounds, it, it sounds like a shotgun when he kicks the ball. <laughs> but they, and he, and he was apparently begging the coach to be allowed to kick because he really wanted to kick. <laughs> and the coach said, the coach kept refusing because he said it would just look too stupid to have this, like, 130 kg, two meter tall guy kicking the ball. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, apparently just from playing rugby a bit as a kid, he had like the technique and everything. And, what do you yeah, think? So. Do you want to bet money on he, he talked the coach into having the, the call, the play when he does the call for the play when he kicks being called the Skepscorp? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so his, his trademark, uh, in, in Arizona was that you could always see, you could always spot him in a crowd because he was the guy wearing really short, tight shorts. <laughs> the one guy very, very unfashionable but he was walking around his pretty brooker in Arizona this, guy, this guy's all here so I, I like him he sounds awesome I know I only found out about should him we, like should we have him on as a guest can we have a guest I, I'm sure we can I, I don't know we should look into it but, yeah, oh, he sounds very, very cool <laughs> anyway so there you go sorry about that waste of time but talking I'm about sorry yeah. he, he sounds like a typical lock and your average lock probably practices kicking for 45 minutes either before or after practice, you oh, know, yeah, just in case the entire back line gets injured and he has to, you know, put over a 60-meter conversion. Yeah. Well, they've all grown up wanting, wanting to be John Eels, so uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, all right, quickly, last thing, then, what about the, the test in Durban? <laughs> what result are we going to call? We're going to call South Africa winning by, like, 10 Yeah, Buck's going to win. All right. No, yeah, no, no, not by It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be physical. But I, I think we'll win. By like what? Fable, Durban, humidity. 10 or 8, 9, 7, 11, 12. 11. Let's 13. Go. Oh, 11, yeah. Let's do that. All right, 11. Lockpick. I like that. Uh, let's do that. Right, let me just get the predictions up and running. 
It's coming. All right, let's see. Ninety-five uh, percent of people chose New Zealand to beat Australia. <laughs> That's yeah. weird. Because Steve Hansen says they Australia are the favourite. Well, ninety-seven percent is I'm five percent. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a lot of fucking accounts Steve Hansen's opened up. Uh, and ni- and uh, 97% think that we're going to beat Argentina. So, yeah. Well, I, that, that, I expected a bit less of a whitewash yeah, with the vote. Yeah. Um, right, gentlemen, I think that that's pretty much it. Is there any other news? Uh, any other business you'd like to bring up or discuss? I don't think so. Uh, looking forward to some international rugby. Yeah. It's quite weak to yeah. recharge our batteries. It, it I'm also looking forward to dinner. I'm hungry. <laughs> What's on the menu? Yeah. Uh, I think wife is making spag bowl for dinner. We didn't get too fancy uh, today because we we're out and about all afternoon. But I did bake chocolate chip cookies this weekend. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Well, Using binging with Babish's recipe, which was quite good. I don't really oh, know. Okay. I don't really know. What How long? Did... Yeah? Hmm? I was going to ask, did you do the... How long did you rest it for? Because I know he rests, he says. Yeah, I, we, just rest, we only rested it for like two hours. Okay, no, I'm just like curious. Overnight. Next wanted... time I'll, I'll make a batch on like Wednesday night and then rest them until the weekend. I'm debating doing it like doing like four batches on one go and like baking a batch that day, baking a batch two mm. days late and like a week later and seeing what it comes up. That's actually a cool idea. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, when I get around to it. <laughs> um... Alright, Oaks, that's, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Ravi Banter. If you have been listening all the way through, thank you very much uh, for doing so. We will be back. Um, when will we be back? On Sunday. That's right. We'll be back on Sunday <laughs> to chat about the rugby that happened over the weekend, including Curry Cup, or what little of it there is to see. So uh, that's going to do it. Matt, thank, thanks for joining us. No worries. Uh, Alex, enjoy your spag bowl. Thank you very much. Oh, and everyone remember to tweet me about um, Staffy puppies yeah. or Staffy cross puppies. Yeah. yeah. And uh, thanks. Ben, uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, um, let's see what time is it for you. Oh, it's it's bedtime for you. Have a good day for your Monday, I guess. A good a good, good sleep. Yeah, fuck. I'm not looking forward to Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and on that positive note, uh, that's going to wrap it up <coughs> for this episode of Elite Rugby Band. So we will see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>